Hey y'all, welcome back to the Power and Lifting Podcast. I'm your host, Solana Lewis. And today, I speak with Kate Cohen, who is fresh off of her victory at USAPL Raw National. She won the 48 kilo weight class. We dive into her prep, the momentum she had going into prep, how she feels about her meet day performance, her goals for the future. Just a good conversation getting to really know Kate and what's going on with her as a powerlifter and also what she does for a living. Very interesting how they intertwine. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. All right, y'all. I'm here with the 48 kilo national champion from USAPL, Raw Nationals, Kate Cohen. How are you? I am good. Thanks for having me, Solana. I'm really Girl. excited to be here. <laughs> your vibe is so happy like your vibe is so happy (laughs) I just had extra coffee this morning (laughs) maybe that's it (laughs) got the workout done we're we're on to the rest of the day so we're no complaints so you're an early morning workout person oh I'm an early early morning workout person we're like getting up at 3 30 by to the gym by five (laughs) By like eight ish. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like gonna get to gym at eight o'clock, <laughs> but I mm-mm. I, I tried. Like my whole day is like shot <laughs> by that point. <laughs> no, I feel you. Like, there's something about like you're done with the hard workout and you're like I have all yeah. day now, and it's still like people are just waking up. So you're like exactly. I'm ahead. <laughs> I feel like I'm ahead. I'm ready to go <laughs> for the next thing. <laughs> Yep, maybe someday I'll get there. Right now, I'm on six. You waking up at six. <laughs> but then again, like we're we're also those people that are in bed by like six thirty, seven p.m. So you know, <laughs> that's my biggest issue. It's like I can get to bed by ten. I can't handle going to bed when the sun's not down. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's, it's super bright in the bedroom, and you're like, all right, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta find some uh, stillness here. <laughs> Oh my god. All <laughs> right, all right. So we're off of Raw National. It's been like how long has it been like three weeks? Oof. I like I don't even know. The days just <laughs> blend together. <laughs> I'm like, when did I compete? Hold on. <laughs> I That's how I feel. Like, yeah, it's been like three, four weeks, I think, at this point. So yeah, we're okay, cool, cool. We're we're moving into the next thing at this point. I know. Well, we'll get to that in a second. Well, in a few <laughs> minutes. But I do want to start with just like your momentum going into Raw Nationals. Because I saw some squats, some benches, some deadlifts, and you were on fire. We talked about it on Twilight Podcast. Uh-huh. Like you were literally, like, I think I wrote, yeah, I did write them down. Like you were like doubling 10 pounds above like the world record deadlift with 205 for like a double. You hit yep. a 137.5 squat. We hit 77.5 bench press. Almost yep. for two. Like the second one started Almost. to move. It, just, <laughs> it, it, moved. It, it moved a little bit and like maybe an inch <laughs> and then it went right back down. But yeah, it's something. <laughs> but anywho, though, regardless, like you already had good momentum in your meets. Like the last couple meets were like starting to go up, but like this one was a lot. Like what was the main difference in your training? Yeah, so I think uh, really the main difference was diet. Um, I had realized after speaking with my husband that 
my protein intake was much lower than I had thought it was originally. So once I started becoming more conscious of that and actually getting the protein amount that I needed daily, um, lifts started really shooting up at that point. So for the last like two months before going into nationals, um, I was very, very adamant about getting the required protein that I needed and everything like that. So I started feeling a lot stronger. Who knew? <laughs> my uh, my husband's one of those is like, I told you so. I told you so. I've been telling you this for, for months and months and months. But whatever, <laughs> you just discovered this. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was one of the big, big differences. Um, another thing was that I think I, I held back a little bit in maybe like being more fearful in once the weight started getting a little bit bigger. And once I kind of like got past that little fear aspect, um, the lifts started really shooting up and it was just like executing techniques that I had been doing all along. Um, but without the, the mindset part of it, you know? Okay, so that's two really big things. So yeah. nutrition, like nutrition. people <laughs> underestimate this because I coach nutrition for our powerlifters and they always underestimate when I get their protein higher, they're like, oh my God, my recovery. <laughs> and it's like, I swear. <laughs> and then I always, this always happens. I meet someone who's like freaking strong like you, like one of the best in the world strong, like trying to break world records strong. And I'm like, so you're telling me you were eating like two grams of protein a day before and you were still was, getting strong. It was not a lot. It was like... <laughs> I, I will be honest and say it was probably around like 60 grams of protein per day, is so which, insane is, to me. which is terrible. Cause I was thinking to myself, like I'm eating all this protein, blah, blah, blah. I have my, my clean meals, you know, I'm eating like very, very well and clean and good and, and enough. And then started doing the conversation about it around it. And, uh, okay, what did you eat today? I had this amount of ground beef, this amount of ground beef. I had a protein shake to supplement with it. Um, and then that's it. Where's the rest? <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I figured that out along the way. <laughs> but well, yes. <laughs> happy you figured it out. Thank and you. then when you did increase your protein, what was your method of doing it? Just a bit extra ground beef. I eat a lot of ground beef. I eat a, <laughs> um, a lot of like rice, a lot of uh, pasta, I would say. Um, but yeah, just a little bit more in in uh, quantity, you know. So, yeah. So that's the reason I asked that is, and I loved your answer because whenever people are like, "Well, how do I get the protein in? It's so hard," and blah blah, blah I'm like, <laughs> literally the most basic thing to do is to increase what you're already having. Yes. People think like it's hard because I have to go out and like, I don't, don't know, find new proteins. And it's like, no, well, you, can, you can, but like literally just increase the amount of whatever you are already yes. eating. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to, it's not like a huge thing. It's just a matter of, a matter of like what you're putting into your body yes. in a, in a fuller size, you know? So. <laughs> uh, I love this. I'm so happy you figured out your nutrition. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Are you still, wait, so before we go to like you and the mindset thing, you're post me. Are you still on point with nutrition? 
I'm so like on top of that part at this point that I'm like, all right, we got, you know, my, my normal like baseline weight is, is a little bit over 105 and a half Q or uh, 105 and a half pounds. And so I'm back up to like 109 is kind of where I comfortably sit when I'm normally walking around day to day. Um, so yeah, we're back. <laughs> Actually, I think we were back like that night, but <laughs> So that's actually, because I was going to ask that too, because I know that you had done a Project America meet where you were a weight class up 52 kilos and you weighed in around 111 pounds. So if you're walking weights 109 and since you're a small lifter, literally like you losing five pounds is like 4% of your body weight versus it's me losing lot. five pounds, which is like, <laughs> I don't know, 1.9% or whatever it is. Yep. <laughs> so like, is it it's hard for you to cut? Like, is it like stressful or is it like easy? Um, so when I was at the 52 kilos, I think I was a little bit comfortable in the sense that like, I didn't feel so fluid, you know, in my movements, I like didn't feel so athletic, you know, if that makes sense. Um, so I was walking around under the weight class, like all the time. And if I wasn't going to be around 116, 117 and cut down to the 114, uh, it, it didn't really make sense to stay at the 52 kilos. So at that point, you know, going back to the 48, um, I tried it for a year at, at 52. And then I was like, I felt way more comfortable in the sense that like, I felt stronger at 48. So transitioning back was a good thing. Uh, it is a little bit difficult in terms of like, in the past, I I used to kind of panic like a month out and start doing like the the ratios of my food and everything. And and this time around, I really tried not to do that until the last second, where I try to keep the protein intake high, I try to keep the the food as high as I could, and then at the very very last second, I try to cut down the weight. Um, so that worked well. Uh, I would say that last week and a half does get a little bit stressful in terms of that because normally I'm walking around at 109 you know ish 110 um so yeah there is a stress component of it but you know I try not to put so much emphasis in it just like you know do what I need to do if I need to do the water cut at the last second I'll do the water cut and then whatever is left you know I'll take care of in the last day or two so yeah so do you ever gut cut the last day or two so this time around, I did have to take my little spit cup and uh, the day of and um, but but other than that, no, it's really just a, a water cut. So, yep. Yep. Nice. So I think I uh, this one also was a little bit different. I had the stomach flu like 14 days out. Um, mm -hmm. So that I, I would say in a, in a positive way <laughs> that helped the, the weight cut a little bit. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it, but it definitely helps. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, normally it's just a, a three, like a three day water cut, um, three days out and then, you know, go into competition and, and hope for the best in the, in a sense. <laughs> Solid. I'm always fascinated when I hear about the three to four day water cut. Cause like, I've just always done and given like at least five, at least five or six. Okay. So I've heard three days. I'm like, you really lose it in three? Like, I feel like I would be, like, crying. I'd be so yeah. close to being like, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
it is it is uh yeah it is stressful because this time around i like want to keep as much muscles as i possibly could mm -hmm. without you know without uh compromising that in any way um so this time around i was like all right can i get down to the 105 and a half i i can and i will um it's it's just a little bit of a different way that i'm going to go about it this time which is unusual for me to like kind of hand it over to coaches, to husband, be like, here you go, guys. Do what's good for me. Because <laughs> you're a control freak, aren't you, Kate? I'm a little bit of a control freak, especially when it comes to the the lifting aspects. Like, I'm like, this is how I've always done it. This is what works. This <laughs> so, you know, I had to hand it over a little bit, and it was hard, but we did it. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> Um, you did mention the stomach flu. You mentioned this to me, like, when I saw you in the training hall, and I was like, what? Yes, yes, that, that did put a little damper into training, um, in the sense that, like, I did lose a little bit of confidence as I was, like, gaining the momentum through training, and everything was going well, and, you know, doing lifts I've never done before, and I just expected to keep going in that direction. And then all of a sudden, you know, you have a setback and like, I had to really get behind myself and like say to myself that, you know, I've done all the training up to this point. I have to trust in my preparation. I have to trust that the weights all of a sudden aren't going to become super heavy feeling. Um, yeah. So there was a lot of like, it, it definitely uh, took the wind down my sails a little bit, but you know, after a few days, where I recovered and felt good physically and, and I started kind of touching the weights again, you know, it kind of came back. So, yeah, but, but it was something that I had never really experienced before in that, in that way. So yeah, it, it was, it was hard for a few days. I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. You know, I don't know if I could uh, deadlift anything above 420 or whatever it was, you know? So yeah. That yeah, that sounds definitely challenging. How many training days did you actually miss in the last few sessions? Yeah. And then so did it, you miss days that are supposed to be like your hot, your heaviest days? Yes. It was it was right during peak week, so or peaking phase. So it was the last the last heaviest squat that I had, uh the last heaviest deadlift that I had. And then I think I had I think I had come back and recovered but I still had a heavy bench to do and I missed that just because nutrition wasn't on point you know wasn't sleeping wasn't really eating wasn't really training the same way I had been so yeah it was the last three heaviest lifts that I had in in prep dang okay yeah <laughs> I mean it takes a lot though to like trust in the trade because like I think I would like mentally be like yo it's a wrap like just mentally I was supposed to show up but you know you're like yo like I missed <laughs> yeah it was a lot I was like I don't know if I could do this and you know I was speaking to Chad coach um I said Chad like I I just don't know if I have anything you know I I'm I'm kind of going through this thing where mentally I my technique back I feel a little uncomfortable with the weight um, physically, I wasn't having like, my muscles weren't firing the same way that they had been. Everything was feeling very heavy. But then again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to train 
throughout having the stomach flu too. Like, so I didn't Mm -hmm. miss any days, which was great. But at the same time, it's like, I think that almost affects it more negatively because you're like in their training, you think you could do it. And then all of a sudden you're not doing it. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but, (laughs) but had it come back and like, I was far enough out luckily where I was like 12, 11 days out where I, where I could kind of recoup and get behind myself and say like, you got this, like, let's just keep going, you know, stick with it. You also mentioned earlier, like you changed your mindset to help and that really helped you when the weights got heavier to actually trust you could do it. So how did you go about that? And I also noticed you have a degree in sports psychology. So I'm like, is this like, (laughs) like, I want to hear the connection here. (laughs) Yes. So I use a lot of the sports psychology techniques um, and the skills that I learned in there. So basically, you know, one of the things is like, pre-performance routine is going to be huge you approach the bar the same way every single time um and that includes the mindset aspects that includes physically what you're doing um what your body's doing in space and so on so things I had to remind myself is that when I'm in that using that pre-performance routine I have my whole approach for how I approach the squat bar or how I approach um deadlifting as we know, because <laughs> it's unusual. <laughs> um, but, you know, as long as I'm doing it the same way every time, then the body take over and kind of stop thinking so much about what weights on the bar. Um, so, for instance, anytime I would get past like 300, a 300 pound squat, you know, I'd start overthinking it a lot. And I'd start saying like, you know, if I get this, it's got to feel heavy at the bottom. I'm going to have to grind my way through it. You know, and there was a lot of uh, overthinking that wasn't really necessary. Same thing with with my deadlifts. When I started getting past like a 396 pound deadlift, you know, I used to like panic really because I'm like, every time I could get up to 391 and then when 396 is on the bar, you know, I would start to like get in my head uh, and obviously the results wouldn't be good. So eventually you know, I had to kind of put more emphasis into the physical side of things, like just do the technique the same way, approach the bar the same way, think the same thing, put on the same song that like gets you hype. Um, so things like that, visualization really, really helped my, uh, my training, you know, visualize a successful lift rather than like, how are you going to do this above 300? How are you going to do this above 396? You're going to miss it. What if you missed it? Blah, 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 blah. You know, so, um, to like stop, breathe, pause, and like really just confident in my abilities that I did have the weight and I was strong enough to do this and and so on. So once I kind of did my own little training, um, I think that's when the lifts really started shooting up and I, I stopped panicking. I took on things as a challenge rather than like being threatened by the weight that was on the bar. So, yeah, so that's some components of it, but. I mean, that's huge because I actually, this all sounds exactly like I did an episode with someone else who's a sports psychologist a while Mm -hmm. ago with Dr. Lisa Lewis, (laughs) and she mentioned like exactly what you said to a T, (laughs) but truly that the doing the exact routine before every single training session and then Mm -hmm. doing the exact thing you approach the bar, like the monotony is so important 
because it really so helps important. you get into the right mindset even if like mentally one day you're not there like just doing the exact yeah. same steps can just help you get there and like when I heard that okay. and started doing it myself I'm like yo this does make a difference so the fact that like it it's really works like everybody <laughs> it makes a huge difference and honestly like you have to treat your warm-ups the same way you're going to treat your top heaviest set whether it's mm -hmm. a PR for you or not um just doing that really emphasizes that like you don't have to put so much thought into the other things that are just going to act as distractors, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so like, like we always say that, okay, like sumo lifters always do this whole big gargantuan thing when they're approaching to get attention. It's like, if you watch, if I had five pounds on that bar, I would still do the same exact thing, you know, whether it's five pounds or 5,000 pounds, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Um, everything needs to kind of be the same way every single time. And I do the same exact thing from training to competition because that just leaves a lot of like the guesswork out of it. You know, if your body is so used to doing the same exact thing every single time, then there'll be no difference when you go from training to competing. I love this. You see, you say it with such certainty too. I'm like, yes, yes. I'm certain. <laughs> I'm certain. Everyone needs to do this right now. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. So, when you are getting close to me, do you pay any attention to your competitions? Like for you in this case, that would have been mostly Demetria and Leanne. No. Um. That's like. We all, we all kind of follow each other on social media anyway. So like, you're going to see what they're lifting, but I really try not to like uh, compare myself in a way. Like, of course you're going to compare yourself a tiny bit, but it's like, I just got to go in and, and know what, know that what I'm doing is going to be the best thing for myself. And it might be very, very different for Demetria or for Leanne, you know, their training is their training. And my training's my training. So, you know, I could say like Demetria has a great bench, right? And I know that. Um, same time, I could say, hey, I got a great deadlift, you know? So I know that too. And it's like, Leanne's a great junior lifter. She's awesome. She's going to set all these world records. Awesome. I'm happy for them, you know? So it's, it's uh, I think what is really nice about the sport of powerlifting is that within the subdivisions, um, you start to see that these people are like really friends. Uh, of course, they're not friends when they go into competition, but they're friends, you know, and they, they get along just like I've, I've competed with Demetria for years at this point, you know, we've competed side by side together. So that when we see each other, we could give each other a big hug. And then when it comes time for game day, you know, we're, we're kind of on different platforms, but we're all rooting for each other. You know, I'm rooting for her to get her highest bench. I want her to get her highest bench because I want her to bring her best performance to the platform. And I want to be able to compete with her best performance. That makes sense. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we all want, like, especially when you win, you want to win because, like, you battled, not because, like, someone, like, bombed out yeah. the squat or something. Like, you know I don't want a pity win. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you want it, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, right. <laughs> no one was there on that day, so I won. <laughs> First place against myself. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, so I think there is a little bit of, like, emphasis in that you want them to do the best that they could do on, on competition day, um, just just to make it 
fun, make it interesting, make it exciting. And it's not only for us, it's for people who are watching us and so on. So solid, solid. So meet day, meet day comes. Okay. I want to walk through it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we come out. So obviously, like you just said it, right? It's your best lift, even though all your lists are moving well for this prep, your best lift is deadlift. And just like we say on two our lives, like that's always, in our opinion, the biggest advantage because it's the last lift. Okay. So like literally you can load what you need to like do what you try to do. Sure. <laughs> so I don't even... You can load what you need. <laughs> yep. If you can, if you can, yep. right? Yeah. <laughs> so starting with your squat, right? You did get all three squats. Was that a PR? PR with that 308 or 140 kilos. That was a PR. So that was the first time I had done that in competition. The first time I had successfully completed it from training. So, yep. So it was a all-time PR. <laughs> Beautiful. So great momentum. Good through our squats. Bench press. I know we missed the last bench. Yes. So that's 77 and a half kilos. Man, <laughs> that that number like tests me over and over and over again. I've gotten it once and then the next training session I'll like miss it or I'll try to go for like uh, a 0.25 kilo chip on there and like nothing. So yeah, it's it's just a work in progress, I'd say for my bench. I do know I need to take a uh, change up some technique um, attributes about it. But for the most part, like, happy that that 75 kilos went to the total you know and that's what it's about at the end of the day like for a power lifter it's building a total you know so 100 percent. what technique changes are we looking at for the bench press yes so i think one of them is that first of all i i think that going back to that fear thing as soon as i know that 171 is on the bar I start to like slow down and kind of do like a tempo bench, which <laughs> is not recommended at your top set. Um, so yeah, tempo benching is not good when, when the weight gets heavier. Uh, also, I think that try to put my legs further back when I set up um, where I lose a lot of my leg drive where it helps for an arch. It helps to like get back on the traps, but at the same time, I don't think I'm able to use my my legs to its to their full advantage, you know. So starting off with my legs a little bit more forward um, is what I'm kind of working with at this point. And so I think feet that's been more helpful. away from your head. Yes, feet more away from Perfect. your head. Okay. Yep, yep. So I think that's going to be helpful, just because I could I could still get the arch. I could still feel uh leg drive I could still you know work with the bending my bending the bar feeling like the bar is bending in my hands and so on so you know it's that's something I wanted to wait till after nationals because I don't think I would change a technique thing in the middle of a prep um yeah. but but now that's over I'm I'm taking it out and seeing how it's going and so far so good so we'll see guys <laughs> nice. okay so I know and especially with uh, saw you right after you competed i know we had a big goal for our deadlift we had a huge goal for the deadlift yes we, we had a massive goal for the deadlift <laughs> this, is, and this is a sensitive topic <laughs> i'm aware yep, i'm aware yep. so just to start though with just your opener you won the meet 
to be clear. Like, <laughs> and that puts you in a interesting, unique position because for you, I know you wanted to go for a world record held by Heather Connor that's been there for I think since twenty. 20- 18 might be wrong or 2019 yep. one of those years yep i think it's 20 yeah i think it's 2018 if i'm not mistaken I think oh, so. no. i'm like um, i said it <laughs> i remember <laughs> saying it like on the live stream yeah. but now i'm trying to remember <laughs> <laughs> and then for our second we jumped to eight kilos above that record 0.5 kilos so she has a two she had a 440 um 40 record so 200 kilos so we, I went to 200.5. Wait, why did I think, my bad, why did I think it was kilos <laughs> above no, it? She, yeah, she has a 440, 441, 449. Okay, so, that is just so she does have a, yeah, 200 kilos. So the plan was to do 200.5. Yep. Um. However, was prior, three weeks prior, prior to getting sick, um, I was very, very confident about pulling a world record on my opener attempt and just going for it. Um, and I was going to say like second, third, you know, just going all out, uh, plans changed after that. And then, you know, Chad made the decision, like, let's, let's have like more conservative opener for you. And then we'll just chip it for the for the second one. And then third one, hopefully got the second one. And third one will be more of like something that you've done in the gym, like 452 or something like that. So, yeah. So, so first one, I opened with it uh, nice and easy. Second one. So part of this is that and this is not an excuse, but one, it was deadlifts were very, very late. Um, it's completely on my opposite side of my schedule, but hey, no excuses there. So second one, went out there and normally during training, I am very like calm, cool, collected, especially when I go into those bigger lifts. I think in the competition atmosphere, um, and I think I got kind of caught up in it is that like I put so much emphasis into like hearing like world record attempt. It was no longer about a second attempt deadlift. You know, it was now like, this is my time. I only have one moment. We're going to go out there. We got to lift this. And like, you know, we have to do this at this point. Uh, It gets built up a lot. And, and while it's getting built up externally, it's getting built up in my head too, Uh, which, you know, it's something that I could do a better job at of managing, you know, self-management, but in those positions, it's hard, you know, cause I, this was the first time I was going for a world record attempt. And it's like, well, I haven't had much practice in this, in this environment with going for a world record attempt. So I'm going to do with it what I can. I'm going to try to put aside that I didn't think I could deadlift above 420 anymore you know a week prior and and just go out there and and run the same technique the same perform pre-performance routine that I've always done and we'll just go with it um so you know I went out there knew that when the bar was going up at the same time I was bit more lean forward than I normally am especially with those bigger weights 
normally I'll like kind of lean back a little bit more and go on my heels a little bit more. Uh, so as soon as I got it up, I knew, I knew it was coming right back down. Um, so as soon as it came back down, you know, I'll just put it bluntly. I was pissed. I was so mad at myself that like, I had to gather myself though, because I still had another attempt left, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, I, I want to throw off the belt. I just want to be like freaking called quits, but go in the back and it's like, okay, I got one more shot at this. Like, I thought this was going to be a given that I was going to just be able to pull it and it was going to be done and we'd be on to the next thing. There was, you know, I had spent weeks and weeks and weeks visualizing like, it's going to go up, it's going to be successful, you're going to get the lights. And like, when something happens in, in, you know, the real world and you're actually doing it and it goes against like everything that you thought was going to happen, like there's a lot of emotions that go with that too. So, you know, I had to take a deep breath and say to myself, like, you got one more shot at, at doing this. And like, now is your time and you have to get this next one. Um, at the same time, it can't be like, I can't be in this, in this state of mind where like, um, I'm pissed off and like, whatever, I just got to go into my zone. Like, I can't, I have to put that aside and I only have like a few minutes more to do it, you know? Um, so then third one comes up, they're, they're doing the whole, like, you know, announcement with the world record and everything again. And I'm getting like back in my mental state, which is like that calm, cool and collected state, like, you know, trying to go into my zone. Um, and I'm about to go out and then they change the order. And I was like, you know, it's like you're getting swept away with like your whole heart is on the platform. And then they're saying, no, not yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, yeah, you know, like, holy crap. Like so much emphasis goes into like getting that preparation going, you know? And it's like, it takes a toll on you mentally. Um, So, okay. Like. You have to be flexible in these types of situations and you have to go with the flow and like, you're not going to just run out there and be like, no girl, like it's my turn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, so, you know, go back for a second and there was definitely a little bit of disappointment with that, but it's like, okay, like time is here again. And it's like, get back for a third time, trying to get back that, uh, that, that mental zone and, going out there and it's like now now is the time for a third time and this is this is really really it um so I go out there and I think time had passed you know it it's kind of like I was I was ready for the second one third one it's like your your emotions are there and then they're not at that point anymore so uh yeah I look at like the bar and I knew I was like not uh not in it, you know, for a second because I I'm looking at the bar and I'm looking at how it's like a tiny bit crooked, and I'm like I should I should go fix it. And I was like no, I could just pull it pull through it, but that's not something I would be so like hyper focused on normally mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm going to pull a bigger lift like that. It would just be like okay, you're gonna do your technique and you're going to do your approach and you're going to like you're going to get right into it and you're going to lift this thing and like blah, 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 blah. But for me to be so externally focused, 
I was kind of like, it was, it was fading away, fading away very, very quickly. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I got up to the bar and then, and I gave it one last shot and that was kind of it. That was it. I was done. Um, so yeah. So I go into the, after that, I'm like less pissed off and more like so disappointed in that this was my time and it's like you know like going right back to Eminem would you have would you capture it or let it slip it's like damn I let my whole little moment slip everything that I had been working for all of the momentum that I was like working with and it's like it's a I don't know if it's like a slight embarrassment in myself rather than like from other people it's like huh like I had so much going with this and then it's kind of not there anymore so I go into the back you know uh, really respectfully Chad kind of gave me my few minutes and I knew I was like the only one back there because it was the end of the flight um, and end of the session and everything like that so I just needed like a second to kind of cope with all right you know, you did everything that you could out there with the, the day that was given to you um, and the time that was given to you. And then once I kind of like took a deep breath and got behind myself, uh, you know, I, I go over to Chad and I'm apologizing to him because I feel like there was so much buildup with it. Um, and then I, it's it's like I really wanted this for not only myself, but for like the team and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, to just like, have this most perfect day that I could possibly have. Uh, and I didn't know I had won at that point. <laughs> so oh, really? <laughs> I did not. So Chad basically says like, there's going to be more. And he's like, you know, he just, he's so uh, even keeled that he goes, but you're a national champion now. And I like, <laughs> like I was I was battling with myself I was like so so hyper disappointed in myself but at the same time I'm like I'm a national champion like that's amazing <laughs> so I'm like so happy so disappointed but yeah you know ultimately that that is the goal out of these competitions especially at nationals is to be a national champion so you know I was happy with the result and and I had to agree and say like yes, like there will be another one and there will, there will be another opportunity. Like the technique and the strength is not just going to go away. It just wasn't my day to put that on the platform. So, but I'm coming. <laughs> Trust me, we know you're coming. And I really appreciate hearing it from your point of view, especially like my point of view is like, I'm literally commentating it we had no idea that like they held you back and like you forced to go like because the uh, I don't know if you were like if you you probably didn't look back at the live stream I I didn't look back at the live stream <laughs> but like if you did or if you didn't like the way like the banner would come up like just the way it was like it was hard to like be able to follow if there was a slip up or a miss like stuff like that so and I also know how people definitely underestimate like when you're doing your setup like your mental setup before you go out like is very specific and it takes a lot of energy a lot and I've seen big lifters who going for a big lift 
And when they get pulled back, they're like, oh my God, I have to, oh no, look, I have to do this again. That's (laughs) it. It's so much mental energy. And like, it's not only the physical side, like you have to put yourself in a space where it's like, you're, you're kind of lifting a weight that, that maybe other people like can't even fathom lifting, you know? And it's like, you have to go into this thing where it's like, you have to forget about the weight and you have to just be so confident in yourself that you're going to be able to do this where it's like nothing else can exist around you and you just have that little space your little bubble and your little moment and that's what you're bringing to the table and like and when that's kind of like when you're pulled back into the the external world or the real world you know and it's like nope you're still here it's like Holy crap, that just took so much of myself to put yep. myself in that little bubble where nothing else existed, you mm-hmm. know? <laughs> so, I, I know that's hard. It's hard to come back <laughs> from, especially with, like, because watching it, yes, the second one, like, you got it, but yes, you ended up pulling that down because of the imbalance. Mm-hmm. And the third one, I was like, something did happen because it went from, like, you literally still lifted it to, like, it didn't budge. And that's, yeah. like... And yeah. I know it's hard to do. It's hard mentally because, like, yo, literally, like, I lifted it before, though. And, like, now I can't yeah. even, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, and I had to say to myself, like, this is a brand new lift. This is that that other one didn't count. Like, it doesn't even exist anymore. You mm-hmm. know, you have to start fresh and you have to start new. And, and like, you know, you have to go back into doing the same thing um that you just had done. But you can't re- you can't think about what you had just done. You had to go into it with a new mindset like a new mm-hmm. fresh fresh uh head pretty much which we all know is hard as fuck it's, it's, <laughs> hard. it's hard <laughs> it was so hard that it didn't budge that third time <laughs> it's like sports psychologist or not it's still hard to do even yeah, if i know what to do it's so hard <laughs> and you know there was another part of this that like like i had said to myself you know like take in in training you triple this and like Mm -hmm. for it to be so like difficult on second and then even 100 percent more difficult on a third it's like it's like uh it's um I don't I don't even know really how to put it into words but you're you kind of think to yourself like it was so easy then and now it's just not you know Mm -hmm. now it's just not so yeah I guess there's like a little bit of a surprise element that comes with it um when it's so not as easy as like that that other time you had done it you know 100 percent. yeah <laughs> so coming off of that how did you kind of like mentally bounce back like even before we start talking about it you were like like your body language changes a lot in the second i said deadlift but you were like all smiles before so i know <laughs> it's a hard mental thing to get through right so like yeah going forward did you kind of like move past it with ease or you kind of like, yeah. I'm still like frustrated. Like, where are you? Uh, So after like on the same day, you mean? You know, so, like, like even like now, oh, three weeks later, oh, like now, in the past. Like yeah. now, you know, <laughs> right after that competition day, I was like, shit, like, I just want to go and rep that, rep that 440, like as many times as I possibly can. But at the same time, you know, like now it's kind of like it just wasn't my time and I have to remind myself that it wasn't my day it just wasn't my day over and over and over again it just wasn't my day um that doesn't mean that it's off the table it doesn't mean that it's not in the cards you know 
I'm still going for it. I'm still gunning for it. Um, I know without sounding too cocky, like that's mine, you know, and it's like when you know something is yours and you know something belongs to you and you have such a level of like, I'm going to get it. uh, Eventually you're going to get it. And that's how I I feel with it. Um, So it's like, you know, when the next one comes, I, I can't say I won't try for it again, you know. Um, but I give somebody like Heather all the credit in the world. It's like, yeah, but you didn't do it, you know? And that's kind of what motivates me. It's like, yeah, but I didn't do it, you know? So until it's on the platform, until it's, Mm -hmm. until it's solidified in, I don't have it, you know? So, so that's the thing that kind of like, but I will, (laughs) I will, you know? So that being said, what is next for you? Are we staying USAPL, first of all? Yeah, so <laughs> I will. My ultimate goal is to go into a world championship. Um, that would be my the powerlifting pinnacle for me. Um, so that is definitely not off the table there. Um, for right now, it's like with the certain external circumstances like honeymoon and stuff like right around when worlds is uh i will probably be staying at usa in usapl for the time being and then you know we'll see what happens with the next year and then i'm sure there's going to be another transition back to powerlifting america when i was at powerlifting america last year i was at that 52 kilo class Mm -hmm. so i think that i have a bit of a better shot at the lower weight class um and i could be very very competitive in that lower weight class um for powerlifting america and so on but i will say that usapl has always been like my home uh so that that is a little bit of a difficult thing to cope with you know or the transitions and everything like that um you know i had a little conversation with with marissa and i basically said like does that first of all does that even look does that look bad to keep on going back and forth you know between powerlifting america and like usapl it's like you know and she reassured me that you go where the competition is best um you know you you will support you either way whatever you want to do which is great in in coaching sense you know to have coaches that just support what their athletes are doing and what they want to do and what their goals are and so on, you know, it doesn't get better than that. So at the same time, it does come back to me and it's, it's kind of like, what do I want out of all of this? And yes, my dream would be to go for a world championship and, and, uh, you know, see how far I could possibly take this whole entire thing, especially while I'm still young enough, especially while, you know, pre kids and so on. Like it's, it's a privilege to be able to do all this. And so, you know, that, that would be in the, in the near future, um, just maybe not right this second. So I think that the next upcoming thing would be probably to do the Arnold and to uh, show out a little bit there and see what I could do with it. (laughs) And then uh, we'll go and we'll look forward to Salt Lake City um, for next nationals and then you know see see where everything aligns pretty much awesome 
And yeah. we all know you're a juggernaut. How long have you been with Juggernaut? I've been with Juggernaut for about two two years, a little bit more than two years. Um, but I've been using their like AI programming for about three. So yeah. So then once I kind of started using their programming a little bit more, um, you know, had conversation with Chad and Marissa, they wanted to sponsor me. So that's kind of how that whole little ride went. <laughs> and and I couldn't ask for anything better than that, honestly. Like I never really had I had people that were experts in the field that helped me along the way and helped me like, you know, helped me with my deadlifting, my squatting, my bench technique and so on. Like uh, Dr. Charlie Weingroff, who was my PT when I was younger, when I tore my ACL, he got me into the whole powerlifting thing. He taught me like the deadlift technique, which so I have, you know, a lot of the credit goes to him for for the big deadlift, you know, cause I started when I was 15, but then, you know, my husband has helped me a lot with like movement technique and, and mobility and so on. And then I really just kind of like was just doing my thing in terms of programming. Like I never had a consistent structured program. I was mm -hmm. just trying to like back then was just trying to put as much weight on the bar as I could, uh, however many reps I could do with that weight. Like, that's all great. Um, but eventually you plateau with all of that, right? Yes. So, so uh, when it came time to join Juggernaut, you know, all of a sudden I had like world-class coaches and, and I like, at first I didn't kind of know how to like, uh, take on their assistance a little bit in terms of like, do I ask them this question? Is that a stupid question? <laughs> you know? And also for the very first time I had like a whole powerlifting team, you know, it was teammates all across the country. And it's like, well, I'm no longer like a solo lifter. Now I have like these people that are really strong around me and, <laughs> and we could be friends. And it, it was interesting. It was a little interesting transition. Um, but at the same time, it was like the best thing that I could have possibly done, especially at this point, you know, having, having been a competitive powerlifter for 12, 13 years, it's like, oh my God, I have like a whole nother little family now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's incredible. Um, and then I always was wondering, like with Juggernaut, I know you're using the AI app, but you also had them as coaches. Like, so for you specifically, cause you're like sponsored and everything, like, do they kind of like. Like, is it just the AI program or like, are they also going in and like making tweaks for you? Cause you go to like big meets. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So especially during like the peaking time, um, you know, I'll go to Chad and Marissa and say like, what are my, what should my top sets be? And then I'll have to tweak the, the AI programming a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Or if they'll say like, you know, swap this exercise for this exercise. Like I, I'll still kind of, use the app in that sense but I'm also taking on their coaching advice they'll also go into okay. like if I send them a video they'll say you know tweak tweak this about your technique and then I'll be able to focus on that throughout the rest of the you know the sets or the block and so on okay cool so it's both yeah it's both it's both okay it's both but I I do know like a lot of the juggernaut like community I mean there's thousands of people that are using it yeah. um they're not really getting that one-on-one -on -one coaching, but they're also a part of like more of the general population. Some of them, some of them are just 
doing their first powerlifting competition. Some of them have been in the game for a really long time and they're using it. Um, you know, all of the teammates, they're, they're doing really, really well for themselves. So it's like, it, it adapts to based on the individual. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, people are, I guess if you're not using the programming the right way and they're not being honest with the programming, like they're not seeing certain results, but it's like, if you're being honest and you're being consistent and you're just going with what the program's telling you and like you're swapping based on what you have in your gym and, you know, using, using everything to the best of your abilities, then like you're doing great, you know? And most of the people do start to see a big, big results from that. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I have a couple of random questions to kind of end off with. So number one, you can go back to your younger self. You started lifting. Well, I think it was 11 years ago. I have your first meet at least. So maybe you're possibly 12 or 13 years. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what was what's a piece of advice you would have told yourself when you first started powerlifting? When I first started powerlifting, mm-hmm. man, that's that's. Uh, I would say that don't be afraid to kind of keep learning as you go, um, because man, if I look back, like. I had so, so, so much more to learn when I was that young and like it gets frustrating at times, but when you start to learn that thing, like you could say like, I learned that and then you learn, you start to approach the next thing and you start to kind of get that under your belt and you say, I learned that. Um, And I'm still doing that, you know, that, that doesn't go away. It's like, I just learned how to do low bar squatting like a year and a half ago, two years ago, you know, for the first time. And I thought it was so hard. I'm like, I'm never going to get this. And eventually you start to get it. Um, So yeah, just don't be afraid to keep learning and keep growing. And like, it it seems so cliche, but it's, it's true. Um, But yeah, that's part of it. (laughs) That is good advice. And then my last question, and this specifically because you said from your mouth, this is pre-kids and a privilege, right? So my question for you is, do you feel like you have to hit all the goals you just mentioned, which is try to get back to PLA at some point because you want to become a world champion? Do you mm-hmm. feel you have to hit these goals pre-kids? No, because I could look at Marissa herself and say like, shit, she became a world champion, you know, post-kids and, and she just gets better and better as she goes. Um no, I don't feel like I need to do all this before kids. I do feel like it's easier. It's a little bit easier because it's like I don't have to worry about a kid at home when I'm running to the gym and so on and traveling all over the place. And, you know, it it is, it does become a little bit more selfish, you know? So it's like you can have that selfish time which is great, but it just becomes a little bit more difficult. Now you have, you have other circumstances and other, other priorities that you need to worry about. So it just kind of adds to the pot. Um, And if that means that in five years or whatever, two years, whatever it might be after, after a child, then, and I decide like, yeah, I still want to go with the powerlifting thing. Like then, Hey, I'm not, I'm not against it. Um, I don't know how my body will change and everything like that because Sometimes that doesn't always, always work out for women, you know, but, uh, well, there is a kid. 
that'd yeah, be brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's a thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so like, you just don't know like how your body is going to react afterwards. It's like I try to think to myself like I'm at my peak, and it's like I know what my body's capable of right now, and if I could do it right now, awesome. You know, if it's if it has to wait for a second or two, then all right. You know. I love asking this question as of more recently. I think because as I'm 27 and have friends in this processing space, like the conversation with the kids just comes up now. Yeah. Oh my, oh my yep. God. Oh my God. I guess I'm getting, <laughs> I I guess I'm getting old. I guess I'm getting old because it's keeps I know, that's coming what up. I say. And like, and I just keep, and like now I'm just like wondering, I'm like, okay, so wait, what's everyone's plan? <laughs> Do you just keep doing this whole thing? You know, yeah, I, look literally. At, like, I look at the people that are like, it's so it's so inspiring to see that people with like they have full families they have full-time jobs they like they have so much going on in their lives and it's like but yet they all come to the community of powerlifting and it's like it's just so cool to me that you could see all walks of life you could see you know a a 16 year old who's competing for the first time and at the same exact time, there's a there's a eighty something year old at that same exact competition, <laughs> and it's so freaking cool that you could see all of these people coming together in the same spot to do the same thing, just because they love it, you know. So, so yeah, I think that whatever the circumstances, you know, people are very very good at adapting, and I'll be the same way, you know. I'll, I'll adapt to whatever it is, and if plans need to change then plans need to change um but even right now like you know I'm I am finishing up my doctorate and it's like the gym is really my like my mental space you know I it's something that I love doing it's something that will never go away as long as I'm able to do it um so while I could still compete I'll I'll still compete um but it it is like a it's a stress reliever for me you know, and it it gives me the energy to be able to do all the other things in my life, um, whether that's, you know, be a wife or like do my schoolwork or do my job and so on. So so I don't think that kids to the mix is going to be I, I don't think it will be much different. You know, the routine might change a little bit. The time when I go to the gym, how much I'm able to train, what the training looks like. But at the same time, I don't think the gym aspect goes away. I love your perspective on this. <laughs> this makes it like you I know, don't know. Like, I don't. I don't know if it's right. But I mean, we'll come back in like however many years yes. and get back on the podcast. <laughs> like, holy crap, that was so not it. <laughs> but it sounds good, but no, I do look at somebody like you know. I do know that even just like three of my teammates, three, four, um, three of my teammates are parents and they're still doing their daily training. You know, Marissa has her two kids. She's still doing her training and she's getting PRs and PRs and PRs. It's like, all right, well, looking at, at other people who are in the same situation, it's like, mm-hmm. damn, like they're doing it, do it, you know? Big <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. Girl, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it having you on so much. Thank you so much, Solana. It was so, so nice talking to you. A great conversation. Loved it.
Yay. All right, mm-hmm. y'all. And catch you next time on the Power and Lifting Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it when you guys support the podcast. Please do share it with a friend if you loved it. And catch you next time on the Power and Lifting.